Welcome to the Salt Church Podcast. We're a church that meets in the heart of Wollongong. Come and visit us on Sundays, 10am and 5pm at 275 Kira Street. We'd love to meet you. Hey everyone, I'm Jeff. I'm one of the pastors of Salt Church. It's uh, great to be here with you. Welcome. Uh, Happy New Year. Feel like I can still get away with that? 8th of January? What's the limit? Maybe the end of January? Someone told me February. I feel like that's way too far. Uh, welcome along as well for the start of this series. Um, Sean's given you a bum steer. This is the start of the series. We're kicking off with this series today. Uh, a better way. Every January at Salt, we take three weeks to answer big questions that people have about Christianity. That's what this series is about. Uh, And we do this for you if you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, if you're exploring God, so that you can find out more and keep journeying with God. Uh, And if that's you, welcome. It is really great to have you here. Uh, It takes a lot of courage to visit a church. It takes a lot of courage to dig into and wrestle with the biggest questions in life, like, Who am I? What am I here for? What happens after death? Is there a God? What does God want from me? Those kind of big questions. And I hope that as you're here, we can answer some of those questions for you. Uh, That's why we run this series. We also do this as well, though. We also do this three-week series if you're a Christian, uh, if you follow Jesus. We do it for us to set the agenda for you and for our church for the year. We're on about Jesus as a church And Jesus is on about calling everyone to follow him. Uh, Mission is our heartbeat as a church because it's God's heartbeat. And so we start the year the way we want to continue the rest of the year. And so I hope that over the next three weeks, if you're a Christian, you'll know and defend and love the gospel more as you hear answers that you can share with your friends and as you grow in your trust in God. And here's the topics. This is what we're looking at. Three big issues. How to be mentally healthy, how to be eco-friendly, and how to be financially secure. And these are three big issues that affect all of us. Uh, And society has some great solutions for these issues. Things like Are You Okay Day, Climate Action Plan, Investment Strategies. There's some good solutions out there that make a big difference. But in spite of the solutions, things seem to be getting worse. Uh, Mental health conditions are on the rise. The climate is being destroyed at an alarming rate. And as the Reserve Bank raises interest rates again, you're either struggling to pay off your mortgage or you're expecting to rent for the rest of your life because how could you ever afford a house? We have some solutions, but it feels like they're insufficient, inadequate. It feels like there's a missing piece. And so for the next three weeks, we're going to look at these issues And hear what God says to see if God might just have a better way. And today we're going to see a better way to be mentally well. So why don't I pray and we'll dive into this pretty significant and important topic. Let's pray. Father God, this is a topic that affects all of us because all of us have mental health. And many of us are really struggling with it right now in this room. We pray, Lord, that you would comfort us. Please fill us with your love and a sense of your presence and compassion to us. And please help all of us to listen and hear what you have to say to us. Help us to hear your voice so that we can learn how to navigate this massive problem in our world and this massive issue that affects our lives and affects so many people in our country. Amen. 
Mental health. First thing to say in this big topic is that our mental health matters. Mental health is important. But what is mental health? Uh, This will probably feel a little bit more like a lecture than a uh, psychology session. That's kind of the vibe of where we're going. We're thinking big, big ideas. So let's start. What is mental health? Well, here's what the World Health Organization says about mental health. Mental health is a state of mental well-being that enables people to cope with the stresses of life, realize their abilities, learn well and work well, and contribute to their community. That's from their website. And then from a book they put out, World Mental Health Report, it influences how we think, feel, and act. It underpins our ability to make decisions, build relationships, and shape the world we live in. It is a part of us all the time, even when we are not thinking about it. Our mental health is as important as our physical health. And then from mentalhealth.gov, mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others, and make choices. Mental health is important at every stage of life, from childhood and adolescence through adulthood. It's kind of a big deal. Mental health is really important. Uh, This is what it leads to. This is what good mental health leads to. It enables you to connect with people. So you can have positive relationships, contribute, have a sense of belonging, empathize with others. It enables you to function. So you can get an education, earn a living, make, learn skills, make healthy choices. It enables you to thrive, to realize your abilities, feel good about life, find purpose in your life, think about your well-being and other people's. It enables you to cope with stress, adapt to change, learn new ideas, make complex decisions, understand and manage your emotions. It's really important. And obviously, these are all things that we all want to have. Those are only possible with good mental health. You can't connect, function, thrive, and cope unless you have good mental health. Uh, As the Director General of the World Health Organization puts it, ultimately, there is no health without mental health. Our mental health matters. We should value it and seek it. We want to be and stay physically healthy. We should want to be mentally healthy. And just like you can become physically unhealthy through illness or injury or neglect, so you can become mentally unhealthy. And it's very complex how that works. I think there's a tendency to think that poor mental health equals having a mental health condition or a mental health disorder or illness like anxiety or depression or schizophrenia or an eating disorder. It's actually more complicated than that. This is what the experts tell us. Mental health is not a binary state. We are not either mentally healthy or mentally ill. Rather, mental health exists on a complex continuum with experiences ranging from an optimal state of well-being to debilitating states of great suffering and emotional pain. Mental health is not defined by the presence or absence of mental disorder. So there's mental disorders and then there's mental health. And for everyone, there's a spectrum, a continuum Optimal, debilitating, you move up and down that across your lifetime. So everyone can experience greater or worse mental health without a mental health condition. But speaking of mental health conditions, there are so many of them and they are so painful and debilitating. Mental health conditions disrupt your feelings, your behavior, your ability to function, your relationships. Uh, It's one thing to have a broken leg and it's hard to get out of bed. It's another thing to have depression 
And your daily experience is only black, dark, hopeless, and it's hard to get out of bed. There are few things as painful and debilitating as a mental health condition. And to add to the pain, no one can see what's happening. You can see a broken leg, but this is a mental battle. Uh, And I speak about this from experience. I've been living with anxiety and depression since 2010. Uh, Four times I've had depressive episodes that lasted more than six months. So for the best part of six months, I felt pretty well utterly worthless and didn't enjoy almost anything in life for most of those six months. Uh, I remember in some especially anxious moments with kind of panic attacks, I would just shake like this for over an hour. Uh, I've had 22 sessions with psychologists, four different psychologists, 22 sessions. I've been on antidepressants on and off my lifetime. Uh, And I'm also a pastor, and so I care for many people who experience this. I've spent countless hours visiting people in mental health hospitals and psychiatric wards. And many of you have shared your journey with me as well. Uh, You've trusted me enough to share your experiences and what you've gone through. And I actually consider it a privilege. I consider it a privilege and an honor that you've trusted me enough to share that with me. And the names of all the people who've shared that with me are, no, I would never do that. (laughs) Now, if you never experienced this, if you don't know someone who has experienced this, there can be these false ideas out there. Like this false idea that only weak or fragile people struggle with mental health conditions. Some people have more risk factors than others, of course, but there's nothing exclusive about mental health disorders. Every age, every gender, every financial status, every ethnicity experiences this. It's not exclusive at all. And weak. Weak is an odd way to describe someone who has to battle through life while other people coast. I feel like strong, maybe even stronger, is a better word. Or there's another false idea that it's all in your head. It is in your head, but that doesn't mean it's fake. If you injure your foot, it affects your ability to walk. A mental health condition affects all of your body because our minds control everything we do. And so it impacts your physical health and your emotional health and your spiritual health. Well, there's another false idea that there's simple fixes. You just need to snap out of it, talk yourself out of it. You just need to chill more. You need to go on a holiday. All those things can help, but there's no simple fix for a complex problem. It is hard to imagine if you've never experienced this. Uh, Just this week, I spoke with someone who was experiencing this for the first time in their life. And they said, I've heard people share about this before, but I didn't realize how hard it actually is until I experienced it. Even if you can't imagine it, though, even if you've never experienced it, we can all agree that we don't want to experience it. And if you're experiencing it, you want it to be fixed because our mental health matters. And since it's so important, our society has some good solutions to boost mental health and to tackle mental health conditions. I've been talking for a while. It's your turn. What are they? I want you to shout out some of the ways that our society boosts mental health, tackles mental health conditions. I'll give you an example. Medication. Praise God for medication. Medication helps so many people as they struggle with their biology, as they, you know, helps them improve their mental health. Other things, what are they? Shout them out. Exercise, Exercise. perfect. Counseling, Beyond Blue, Blue. Psychology. I love with psychologists that it's like 
years of training. It's not like a one-day course. Because you're messing around in people's minds, changing the way they think. That's a fantastic thing. Other things. Healthy eating. Healthy eating. Yeah, eating makes a big difference. Routine. Yep. Courses. Authors. Ah, yeah, books. I thought you said horses at first. (laughs) This morning someone said dogs. So, you know, horses, sure. Mental health courses, yeah. Yeah. Other things? Animals, yeah. Music therapy. Sunshine, getting outside. Community, yeah, having people who care about your life, you can share with. Meditation, yep. Some of that kind of mindfulness stuff, breathing exercises, those kind of things as well. Come on, there's more. Check them out. Yeah, limiting alcohol and drug use. Yep, substance. Exercise. Sunshine. What? Twice for sunshine. <laughs> you just love the sun. That's awesome. Uh, here's a couple other ones I thought of. A lot of workplaces have mental health days where, you, you know, once, twice a year, sometimes more, you don't have to give a reason. You just don't have to turn up to work. It's a mental health day. Uh, I've noticed in schools that kids are being taught kind of mindfulness, breathing exercises. They often have kind of chill out spaces. Uh, there's holistic views of our body, like the connection between your gut and anxiety, gut health and anxiety. Uh, And I love that there's a coordinated healthcare strategy. Sometimes it doesn't work that well, but I love that there's links between private uh, public mental health hospitals, private hospitals, outpatient care, GPs, psychologists. They're all kind of working together trying to streamline the care that they provide. There's so many great things, aren't there? And praise God for these things in our in our culture. There's so many great strategies and solutions. And I've personally benefited from many of these things. And I'd encourage you to use them. In fact, I've said this before. I think every human on the planet would benefit from three sessions with a psychologist. Three plus sessions with a psychologist. Whether you've got a mental health condition or not. I think every human would benefit from that. But yet, I'm sure you're waiting for the but. But yet, in spite of all of these great things... Our mental health is going down and mental health conditions are on the rise. Let me give you some of the statistics. These come from the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare. Two in five adults experience a mental health disorder in their life. So look to your left, look to your right. The two people either side of you, two of you will experience a mental health disorder in your life on average. Uh, In the last 12 months, one in five adults and one in seven young people experienced a mental health disorder. One in five Australians filled a mental health prescription in 2020 to 21. $11 billion was spent on mental health services in 2019 to 2020. And then of those conditions, this is the breakdown, anxiety disorders affect one in six Australians. Affective disorders like depressive episodes affect one in 12. And substance use disorders like alcohol dependence affect 1 in 33. Those are huge numbers. But of course, this isn't an Australian problem. This is an international problem. This comes from the World Health Organization. 970 million people are living with a mental disorder. Almost a billion people. Uh, You see on the other side, 13% of the global population. 1 in 7 people across the globe. And of course, these are not just statistics. These are real people with real families, real jobs, real relationships, almost a billion of them. Uh, It's slightly more common for women than men. 
anxiety and depression are the most common. And what's fascinating to me, that little table on the right there, it shows the incidence in countries depending on their income. So what's fascinating to me is that it's more common in high-income countries like Australia, partly because it's better reported, but also because more money doesn't bring more happiness. It brings more anxiety and stress. And with the low-income countries, the kind of majority world, the developing world, with those low-income countries, sadly, this is one of the facts. Just a small fraction of these people in need have access to effective, affordable, and quality care. Stigma, discrimination, and human rights violations against people with mental health conditions are widespread in communities and care systems everywhere. And in all countries... It is the poorest and most disadvantaged in society who are at greater risk of mental ill health and are also the least likely to receive adequate services. That's a devastating statement. But what's sadder still, I think, what's more tragic is the link between low mental health and suicide. These are the rates in Australia of suicides from 1910 to 2020. The bottom line is women... The middle line is men. The top line is combined. There is a steady rise across that time. And again, actually I should say there's a steady rise and actually suicide is the cause of one in 100 deaths globally. It's the second leading cause of death for young people worldwide. And for each death, 20 people attempt suicide. And again, the high-income countries have the highest rates. I think when you see statistics like this, you can see that the scale of this problem is massive. This is one of the biggest problems in the world. This is, the World Health Organization puts this in the top five biggest issues in the world. But it's not out there, is it? It's here. It's our families, it's our friends, it's our colleagues, it's you, it's me. And I think you have to conclude our solutions aren't working. They're good solutions, but they're insufficient. They're inadequate. For all our efforts, it's actually getting worse. Is there a missing piece to this puzzle? Does God have a better way to be mentally healthy? I think he does. I think there's four truths from God that give us a better way to be mentally healthy. And I'll share those four truths with you now. First one is that our mental health matters to God. It matters to God because he gave it to us. Uh, The Bible explains that God is our maker. That life didn't come from random chance or evolution. That God made us deliberately. He made each of us. And he made humans with physical and emotional and spiritual and mental health. And he made us perfect. Perfectly healthy in all four of those aspects. Fully healthy. But the first first humans, Adam and Eve, rejected God. And they cut themselves off from God. And that impacted human health, including our mental health. And it put us in the situation that we all live in, where our bodies are good and healthy a lot of the time, but we also experience illness and injury and low mental health and mental health conditions. 
And the Bible gets this about life. And let me give you one example. This is a poem written by David, who was the king in ancient Israel in about 800 BC. This comes from a long time ago, but gee, it's relevant. He's write this poem and here's what he says. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? I'm worn out from my groaning. All night long I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fail because of all my foes. Notice there's so many things in that poem, but notice he writes this poem to God because David knows our mental health matters to God. That's why he cries out to God. In fact, God knows this personally. Uh, One more claim of the Bible is that Jesus is not simply a good teacher. He's God with us in the flesh. And just before Jesus goes and dies on the cross, the night before he dies on the cross, he's praying. And here's what happens. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. If that's not mental anguish, I don't know what is. And it shows us, these things show us, God gets it. God knows what it's like. No one else may ever understand what you're experiencing. But God does. Our mental health matters to God. He cares about you. He knows how he made us to be. And he knows how painful it is when our bodies and our minds are not how they should be. Which raises a question... Why aren't things how they should be? Why does our mental health go up and down? Why do mental health conditions exist in the first place? Well, society, our society's got a diagnosis of why that happens. Our society's diagnosis is that it's a complex mix of a bunch of different factors, particularly biological, social, psychological factors, all kind of coming together. So our biology, our brain chemistry... And then things like family and your environment and the supports you have, how you cope with stress, your patterns of thinking, all these things combine to cause the rise and fall of mental health and to cause mental health conditions. That's our society's diagnosis of where this comes from. The second thing, the second truth from God is that God has a better way to diagnose mental health. Uh, The rise and fall, good and poor mental health and mental health conditions are caused by that complex mix of factors. But God gives us a deeper cause underneath those things. Those things are true, but there's something missing, a deeper cause underneath it. And it's that we're separated from God, the source of health. We're separated from the source of health. Like I said God made people with physical, emotional, spiritual, mental health, fully healthy in all four aspects. But the first humans, Adam and Eve, rejected God and cut themselves off from God. And that impacted human health. And the reason it impacted human health is that God is the source of health. Uh, The first sentence in the Bible tells us this. First sentence, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
or the 27th sentence, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God is the source of life. God creates because God is alive and he gives life to other things. He's the source of life and he shares life with others. Jesus says the same thing, kind of the same thing in John 5. He talks about himself as the son because he's the son of God. He says, just as the father, God the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. For as the father has life in himself, so he has granted the son also to have life in himself. That's all a bit abstract. Think about the sun. Think about the sun for a second. This is, I'll make it simple. Think about the sun. Uh, the sun is full of energy and life. But the sun is not simply full of energy. The sun gives energy. The sun is the source of life for our earth. The only reason we're alive and breathing, the reason we have an atmosphere, the reason there's life on this planet is because of the sun. The sun is the source of life. God is the source for the sun and for the universe and for everything that exists. God is the source behind every other source. And so you can't have life unless you're connected to God. You may have heard of this idea, the survival rule of threes. Have you heard of the survival rule of threes? It's the idea that you can survive three minutes without air three hours without shelter, three days without water, and 30 days without food. I think, I don't think I can survive 30 days without food. I'm like dead skinny. I give myself a week. Um, But this is really helpful because it tells you what to prioritize in survival situations. Uh, And so if you're cut off from these things, this is the time you have to find them, to find these sources of life before you won't have life. Because there is no health without air and shelter and water and food. What if you're cut off from God? If you're separate from, if you're alienated from, if you're unreconciled to God. If God is the one who gives air and shelter and water and food. If God is the one who gives physical and emotional and spiritual and mental health. How can you be healthy without God? You can't be. God has a different diagnosis, a better diagnosis, a surprising diagnosis that the deepest cause of good and bad mental health, the deepest cause of mental health conditions is that humanity has cut themselves off from God and separated themselves from the God who gives health. And there's many ways that the Bible proves this fact. There's many ways the Bible proves that we're separated from God. Here's just one place. Uh, Colossians 1 says, once you were alienated, cut off from, separated, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Uh, Just like Adam and Eve, we've rejected God, cut ourselves off from the source of health. So it's no surprise that our physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental health suffers. And I think this is one of the big missing pieces of the puzzle. If the reason that our mental health is good and bad, if the reason is mental health conditions exist, is ultimately because humans have cut themselves off from God, the source of health, by their own choice, can you see why society's solutions can't fix it? They're good solutions. They're immensely helpful. But they're trying to fix a different problem. 
trying to fix our biology, grow our self-esteem, give us healthy patterns of living, compared to whether or not we know the source of health, which is God. And now there is, of course, a gaping hole in what I've just said. You might have picked it up. God is the, see if you can see if you can pick it. God is the source of health. We cut ourselves off from God. So you would expect to have no health. But obviously, we are alive. We all have health. We all have mental, physical, emotional, spiritual health, which completely undermines everything I've just said. Until you see why we experience this, why we have mental health. It's because God is generous. Let me show you something Jesus says. He says, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. God is so generous, he gives the Son, he gives rain, he gives health even to people who hate him and reject him. That's how generous God is. He gives us health in spite of the fact that we've pushed him away. But it is a temporary experience of mental health. And it goes up and down. And there's mental health conditions that affect two in five people. But God is even more generous than that. God is so generous that he not only gives us good mental health a lot of the time and gives us relief from mental health conditions and gives our society all those great things that we have to help, even to people who reject him, he also promises to fix mental health permanently, which is the third truth from God. God has a better way to fix mental health. And you get snapshots of what this looks like as Jesus brings it in his life. And let me give you two stories from Jesus' life. First one comes from Mark 5. A man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet Jesus. This man had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. Jesus said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. And when they, the local villagers, when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed, and in his right mind. Here's another story. A man comes up to Jesus and says, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he's my only child. A spirit seizes him, and he suddenly screams. It throws him into convulsions so that he foams at the mouth. It scarcely ever leaves him and is destroying him. Even while the boy was coming, the demon threw him to the ground in a convulsion. But Jesus rebuked the impure spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And they were all amazed at the greatness of God. Now, I don't share those stories to imply that mental health conditions are demon possession. Uh, I don't actually know. I've got to think more about this. I'm not sure why this happens in the Bible, to be honest. My point is simpler. My point is just to show you Jesus bring dramatic and immediate health to people who are struggling. And that is a snapshot. The, the health that Jesus brings is a snapshot of the future for everyone who trusts Jesus. Because God makes this radical promise about heaven, about the new creation. Here's, here it is in Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, 
and he will dwell with them. The, the source of life and health coming to live directly with people. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the older of things has passed away. He was seated on the throne and said, I am making everything new. Those snapshots point to this future, the future for everyone who trusts Jesus, a future of wholeness, of eternal health, full health forever. The end of pain and distress, where we're made whole, the end of depression and anxiety and schizophrenia and anorexia and every other condition, the end of the rise and fall of mental health, just perfect mental health all the time. And it comes because God is so generous. And it comes to everyone who trusts in Jesus. Now let me show you again that Colossians verse I gave you earlier. Once you were alienated from God, when you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now He has reconciled you. He's brought peace. He's brought you back. He's connected you. He's reconciled you by Christ's physical body through His death to present you wholly in His sight without blemish and free from accusation. We cut ourselves off from the source of health and now we can be reconciled and at peace with God through Jesus. Waiting for that future of perfect health. That's God's vision for the future. Let me share another vision for the future. This comes from the World Health Organization from the Director General. Our vision is a world where mental health is valued, promoted and protected. Where mental health conditions are prevented, where everyone can exercise their human rights and access affordable, quality mental health care, and where everyone can participate fully in society, free from stigma and discrimination. That is a very worthy goal. That's a worthwhile vision. I love that vision. I'm just really doubtful that we'll ever pull it off. But even if we pulled that off, God has a fundamentally better vision. Uh, Not affordable, quality, accessible mental health care for everyone, but no need for mental health care forever because everything is fixed. It's a bigger vision and God himself will pull it off. I think all our attempts show us that only God can really fix this. Only God can bring us peace with him. Only God can fix mental health and he will permanently. But in the meantime, fourth thing, fourth truth from God, God has a better way to use mental health. Uh, You can get a bit of a false impression for some of the things I'm saying. I think one of the other false ideas about mental health is that if you're a Christian, you are guaranteed to have good mental health and no mental health conditions because you're connected to God, the source of health. Obviously, that is not the case. Sometimes there's even kind of Really unhelpful phrases put on the top of that. Like if you had enough faith, you'd have great mental health. If you loved God enough, you'd have great mental health. That's not true. Obviously, that's not the case. Christians experience the same good and poor mental health as every other group. Christians experience the same frequency of mental health conditions as every other group. Although this morning someone told me, uh, the statistics show you that people in faith communities, people who are part of a faith, part of a faith community, On the happiness and well-being scales, they're consistently higher than people who aren't part of a faith community. In fact, up to 76% higher in the happiness and well-being scales. 
partly because we have hope, partly because we have a community who actually cares about us. We're connected with people. So there is some difference. But even still, this impacts so many Christians. Importantly, that's not because Christians dip in and out of peace with God. Like we were reconciled to God through Jesus and at peace, but somehow we fell out of that. Or we displease God and so he judges us with mental health conditions. That's not true at all. It's a completely different reason. It's that God uses mental health. He's using mental health for a purpose. The suffering that it leads to or the suffering that comes with low mental health is not pointless. It's not meaningless. It's not random. I think that's the impression I get from our society and how society views it. The impression I get is that it's the luck of the draw whether you experience good mental health or not and whether you experience a mental health condition. And it's a horrible experience that you wouldn't wish on anyone and it's made worse by the fact that it's completely pointless. Or there's a slightly better version. There's a slightly better message which goes something like this. It is horrible. It is awful. You should get help, get support. But there is some good that can come from it because you'll appreciate life more. You'll appreciate your friends and your family and the people around you. And you'll be able to help others. You'll be able to help others who experience this because you've been through it. I think that's actually true. But God has a better way to use mental health than even that. God is using it to refine us so we stay close to him and connected with him and keep finding life. I'll show me one last passage. It comes from one Peter. A guy named Peter is sharing about that future hope that we have and is rejoicing in it. And he says this, In all this, that future hope, in all this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. In the same way that fire refines gold, suffering refines our trust in God. It gets rid of the impurities. It gets rid of our self-reliance and self-dependence. Our mental health conditions bring immense suffering. They're, They're deeply, intensely painful. I would not wish them on anybody Speaking from experience, it's not how God made things to be. And God promises to end them. But while we wait, he also promises to work in them for a purpose. To use pain and suffering, to use good mental health, poor mental health, to use mental health conditions to refine and grow our trust in him so we stay connected to him. And he uses it for a whole bunch more ways. There's like... 50 truths I could give you about God. But let me draw some threads together and finish up. What have we seen? Mental health matters to us. We've got some great solutions in our society to boost mental health, tackle mental health conditions. And they really are good. Uh, I've benefited from many of them. I'm very thankful for them. I encourage you to use them. But as good as they are, we need a better way. There's a missing piece. And the missing piece is these four truths from God. And this is the difference they make. This is why God has a better way to be mentally well. It's that Christians have a God who knows and cares about us. And God is not simply generous to us as his enemies. We've been reconciled to God as the closest of friends. 
If you're a Christian, God is your Father who knows you deeply, who is full of love towards you, who will never abandon you. No one else may ever understand you or ever know what you're going through. No one else may ever care about you or care for you, but God will always from now into forever. As well as that, Christians have a hope. Christians have a hope of a future with a permanent fix, which makes a powerful difference when you're struggling with mental health. Because low mental health and mental health conditions bring hopelessness of no change, no hope that you'll ever change and get out of this situation. Which makes all the difference in the world that Christians have a guaranteed hope of a permanent fix. That low mental health, mental health conditions are not the final word. And as well as that, Christians know that God is using our mental health. If it's good, if it's bad, if you've got a condition, if you don't, God's at work in everything to refine us to trust Him so we stay connected to Him. It's not pointless. It's not random. The hand of a loving Father is behind it for our good, even as painful as it is, for our good and for His glory. Where does all this leave us? I think it leaves us with some different steps depending on who you are and depending on where you're at. If you need support for mental health, I think this is where it leaves us. I really encourage you to get that help. Actually, myself and two psychologists from Salt Church wrote this booklet, Loving God When Life Hurts. We wrote this full of advice about how to face mental health conditions, how to access supports. It's got the details for some Christian psychologists who work in the Illawarra, Details of all these great helplines. Uh, there's printed copies up near the Bibles up the back if you want to take one. Uh, also, it's on the web, saltchurch.info slash care if you want to download a copy there. Um, I'd encourage you to get help. I encourage you to read this, make the use of these resources. And also I encourage you, if you know that you need more help, if you don't have any professional supports at the moment and you want Salt to help, we'd love to help. Uh, it'd be great if you could grab your connection card that you filled in earlier and just write on there, help. If you just write help, we'll get in touch. Uh, we're not trained to provide, I'm not a psychologist, we're not trained to provide that help. But we would love to pray with you and listen and hear your story and your experiences. And we'd love to help you connect with professionals who are trained to help you. Then that's where it leaves us if you're struggling with this right now. Here's some steps, though, if you wouldn't call yourself a Christian... And you're exploring all of this. I'd encourage you to explore God more, the God who gives life. And a great way to do that is to come to our life series that Sean told us about earlier. Five weeks, dinner, here, Thursday nights, short talk, ask your questions about Christianity and get answers or just come along and listen. We'll explore all sorts of different truths from God. Things like these four truths, many other things like Uh, come along. It's really helpful. It's kind of targeted to help you explore this. Uh, And if you want to come or just if you're interested in finding out more, again, on your connection card, there's a box at the top. I'm exploring Jesus and keen to go to life. Uh, Tick the box and we'll get in touch. Uh, We'll get in touch to give you a call, catch up, to hear your story and to help you take the next step. And as well as all of that, there's a simpler step you can take. Just come next week. Come for the next two weeks as we look at two other big issues in our world, a better way to be eco-friendly and a better way to be financially secure. 
And last of all, if you're a Christian, if you already trust and follow Jesus, trust that God has a better way to be mentally well. That God loves you, God knows you, that God will fix it, that God is at work in our sufferings to grow us for his glory. Trust that when you're experiencing pain and low health, and trust that this news is worth trusting, and trust that this news is worth sharing, sharing with other people, so other people can discover hope and discover God's better way. How about I pray? Let's pray. Our Father God, we thank you so much for the things that we've seen. Thank you for the hope that exists because of your generosity. Thank you that you've answered our prayer and you've helped us learn these great truths from you. We pray, Lord, that we'd wrestle with this more. We pray that you'd love us, that you'd fill us with your comfort and your compassion. We pray that we'd be supporting each other as a church and as a community. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to do that. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.